Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori, and welcome to season two of Thrifters Villa. So exciting to even say. <laughs> we are so excited to bring you another year of great content and guests. We are so excited. In today's episode, we are going to reflect on 2020, our achievements, what we've learned over the past year, and our new goals for 2021, Daniela. So crazy. All right, everyone, grab a pen and journal and join us at the table as we plan for 2021. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Um, full disclosure, Laura and I have been talking for the last hour and a half before we started recording. <laughs> Talk about, we have to start over. We have to start over. We really should know by now to just press record the second we start. I know, we really should. We really and I think the fact that now that we're face-to-face, because Daniela yeah. and I used to not, we used to just do the audio for Zoom, and now we've just embraced what we look like before bed on a Sunday night. And um yeah. And I feel like we talk a lot more when you're face to face. Yeah, I agree. We well, get to see like facial expressions, right? And what people are saying and what they really mean when you look at their eyes. <laughs> but maybe we'll do are. something where like, I don't know, we have bonus content somewhere and people can listen to our conversations before. Oh, that is hysterical. <laughs> that, 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 would, you know, that might be better than the real episode. I know. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. So Lori, how was your New Year's, your Christmas, all that fun stuff? Oh, I guess it's been a while. I think the last time we recorded we was the, for break. Yeah, we recorded with the, everyone that won the Oh, contest. and then our anniversary episode, yeah. which was so much fun. I know. That was I really know. fun. Christmas was good. And um, yeah, it was kind of a blur. And we celebrated outside with our parents, with Jay's parents. It was very low key, just the five of us at home. But all things considered, it was a nice holiday and New Year's Eve was uneventful. I thought, okay, we both love J-Lo. Yeah. Um, but did you see her performance on New Year's Eve? So I didn't watch J-Lo's performance. I was watching Carson Daly because I love him. Oh, okay. Well, she sang Dream On and it was, oh, she did? It was very odd. And I love, freaking love Jennifer Lopez. And there was just something a little off for me on New Year's Eve. But then again, they had no audience. It was so weird to watch them yeah. in Times Square. I know. And it was, so, it was eerie. I just kept looking at Ryan Seacrest and he was like, I just don't want to be here. I could read his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Carson did a really good job because like, he's done it for so long. Like it's been like 20 years that he's been doing, you know, um, Oh, so Ryan Seacrest, I feel like they started around the same time doing the New Year's Eve shows. But mm -hmm. I think Carson's just so comfortable being in New York City because it's just who he is as a person. So like they had like the, I don't know, was Ryan like in Times Square, like standing in Times Square? He was, was but he's like in like the VIP box up up above, yeah. you know what I mean? And then like they call down to the people like Jenny McCarthy wasn't there this year. She's all done. She's not doing rock and New Year's Eve. It was, oh gosh, I can't think of her name. I think she's the girl from Pretty Little Liars or no, she's one of those like 2000s when oh, I have little babies at home and I can't think of her name. You would know her. Probably, probably would. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was the same here. Like we went to my parents' house for New Year's Eve and that was, uh, then I came home. I have to say more than ever, I was just so excited for January 1st. And I'm a, we are both big Christmas people. Like the holidays are huge in our family and 
And I just couldn't wait for the new year. I, I mean, I'm not alone for obvious reasons, yeah, yeah. but I was just so excited to turn the page. I'm more excited for all the donations that are happening right now at Sabres. <laughs> for the next like, I know. Months, I'm really excited. It's going to be crazy. Like I'm, I'm very, like Jay always takes the week after Christmas off. So there's this built-in guilt if I leave for the day. I just feel like I needed to take this week to snap back, but oh man, this week I am heading out. I'm so excited. So I drove by today and I did stop yesterday briefly because I had an exchange and I was like, this is like the last day that I could do the exchange on the items and the amount of donations that were outside that door, Lori. I was just like, this is insane. Like it was just, I mean, there was a ton of furniture, first of all, like just furniture on top of furniture on top of furniture. Like, I don't know what's happening in the world, but everyone was donating furniture. Um, and then a lot of, a lot of people are doing their houses over and they're probably gearing up now that maybe their contractors can potentially come back back in in the spring. Maybe, I don't know. We donated four bags of clothes. Like I just didn't even have the energy to go through my kids. I mean, I go through them. Who am I kidding? But like, (laughs) there's like most of the stuff I just didn't want to deal with. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I remember last year, like middle January and beginning of February was amazing for thrifting. And that was like my first, last year was my first full year of reselling. Mm -hmm. So um, that was my first time experiencing it. So I don't know if this is a normal thing, if it was just like a random one-off thing last year, but I think it might be a forever thing that that middle of January and February mark is where all the good stuff might hopefully be waiting for me. Yeah. Good, bad, and ugly. I just think there's a ton of it, you know? And so it's, it's a, it's, a really good time to go thrifting, I think, right. which is why I need thriftless February, right? Because I'm going to thrift my way through this. Join month. you on that this year. Good, good. And we can do a little collab on that. That would be fun. Yeah. And we can compare and like, I don't know, we can make it like, Oh, I have an idea or talk about it after okay. I'm write it down right now. After. All right. We'll talk. We'll All talk. right. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, so tell me, Daniela, what were some of the, we're, we're going over our little um, agenda here. Yes. Goals we met, goals that we didn't quite meet, changes. What do we want to start with? Let's start with our reflection of 2020, even though we kind of talked about it in the last episode and we've kind of like touched on it here and there. Um, And we talked about our word, right, for 2021. But I think Mm -hmm. for overall, our reflection of 2020, like, did we meet the goals that we had set for ourselves, right? Because I think um, in these first few weeks of January, we especially, I know that you do it too, Lori, we both do it, both planners, we like to plan out what we would like to see for ourselves or our business um, as -hmm. the year progresses, whether it be short-term, long-term, all that kind of stuff. And what goals we didn't really get to, what goals did we hit? And then how do we want to put that into our 2021? Um, So were there any goals? You just hit a big milestone that I'm very excited about. Who, me? Yes. Oh yes, I did. I did. I did. Yeah. So for me, the biggest goal (laughs) that I met that I had set for myself in March when I started the, um, my YouTube channel was, uh, to hit 500 subscribers by the end of December. So 1231. And I did, I hit it. I was like 508 or something like that So awesome. at the close of, um, December 31st. So that was, that was really nice. Um, I don't think I anticipated to hit 500 as quickly as I did. I think if I would have been more consistent during the whole working crazy hours thing, and if that wasn't a factor, I think I would probably would have beat it before December 31st. Um, but you know, whatever. YouTube is a marathon. It's not a race. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they say that about a baseball game too, you know, it's, you're in for the long haul and yeah. And, and sometimes I think when you, when it's a slow grow like that, I think you have um, more loyal people, you know, as yeah. well. 
and um you know and i think that i'm getting more ideas for what i want to do and how i want to mold it i mean we've talked about it i was kind of like in this weird place where i didn't really know what i wanted to do with the channel like what direction i want to go in i don't want to be like everyone else i want to have my own little space but i do want to touch upon upon different things that people do touch upon like trying to find my rhythm with it all and i think i have a, a good clear idea of what i want and how i want to present it um and i've been spending basically from December 27th or so until today and probably for the next week of just like diving into YouTube content and uh, doing market research and then um, going to other channels that are not related to reselling and learning from them and how they grow. Uh, and it just kind of like looking at YouTube as a whole and not just in the niche market that we're in, because I think it's important to understand the platform that you're on and how it works. Um, and how you can use the tools that it has to help you get to wherever it is that you want to go. Um, so my- It's always good to just see people who inspire you. It, it has yeah. nothing to do with whether they're reseller related or not, you know, yeah. and there, there may be a little feature that somebody does on like a home decor channel or a lifestyle channel that you like and you want to, you know, somehow incorporate that into your YouTube channel. I mean, it, it's, it's ever evolving, right? So it's good. It is fun to, to research and see. Yeah. I've, I mean, I have been down the planner hole for some time. Like that's my whole feed is just, yeah. especially now because they're everywhere. Cause you right. know, setting up your planner for 2021, I, I have to take a break. It's been bad. They're all starting to look the same to me right now. Yeah. I mean, but it's been a creative outlet for you. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, that was a big goal that I hit. Um, and a goal that I didn't hit, I might as well talk about the one I didn't hit. And that was, um, I really wanted to focus on the real, real last year and streamline my inventory and all that kind of stuff. But given what was happening in the world and continues to happen in the world today, mm -hmm. um, I, paused on that because of the unknown of, you know, will there be inventory? Will stores be open? Are we going to shut down again? Are they going to limit the capacity of things? Like, you know, even now, present day, different thrift stores are limiting donations. They're still limiting them. You know, mm -hmm. it's, they reach a certain capacity and they say, absolutely not. We're cutting off. Like you can't donate again until X day or call us back at 4 PM and see if we can take any more kind of thing. So, um, a lot of that caused me to have that scarcity mindset. So I didn't want to send anything in and it hurt you me a lot back. Bit. You had everything come home to you. I did. I had everything come back, but, but which was a good thing because a lot of it got marked down and I just didn't understand the platform as well. So mm -hmm. a lot of it was marked down to like 75% off 80% off where now I follow it better. I understand the platform better. And I'm pulling that stuff before it even hits to that point. And then I make mm -hmm. my decision when it comes back to me, do I send this back in? Um, when it's more seasonally appropriate, or do I try to list it myself? Like, what do I want to do? Um, so this year, my goal is to is to use the the service more, which I started in November and December, so that I can streamline my business and my inventory, so I can actually create an inventory system for myself that will work for me. Like, I need to work on that. Mm -hmm. So using the real real will be a big part, so that I can do that for myself. The goal. The goal for my husband and I is to be out of here by like summer. Um, oh my gosh, that's going to be crazy. I know. So, so in order there. for me to do that, I need to get my shit together. 
you know, like that has to happen. Well, and if you move into a house though, Daniela, you are just the kind of, when you, like I have the space and I still have a shitty inventory system. (laughs) I believe if you had the space, your inventory system would be on point. It would be good, but I also need to create the system now in the small space that I have so that I can grow it. So I know like I need to have some type of foundation set up for myself so that when I go into a house, it's not just throw everything to the corner. I'll figure it out later because I could absolutely do that too. I can mm-hmm. 100% see myself doing right. that because I'm in a new space and there's gonna be renovating like all these different things, buying for Like back burnering it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. just like I did here. So I don't want to be in that situation either, but I think if I, because I always, I'm trying to source with more intention. So if I know that the things I'm picking up are going to be sent off and I'm not going to be worrying about them, then I I think I can make this stuff over here work better. Sure. So you would be basically um, maybe having your hands on the same amount of inventory, except maybe half of that inventory is not going to be housed in your home anymore. So that will just free up some mental space, free up some physical space for you. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that would be great. Yeah. That's the goal. That's like my, like, well, and you'll still be sourcing, which is exciting. You'll just be sourcing sourcing for different things. Yep. And I'm still going to pick up things to list. Like that's not going to change, but it will change the amount of stuff that I pick up. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to be more particular about what it is that I pick up. Like it's just streamlining that that's all this is is just streamlining and understanding the business more and what area of the business I want to focus more time on. Yeah. And we were talking before we came on air, like I, I find it really interesting to see some of the people who I've kind of had this journey with or have been following since I started in 2018. And, and it's interesting to see the paths, like who's going into pallets, who's going into vintage, who is doing more data analysis, who is into high-end brands, who's a volume person. It's really interesting. And, mm-hmm. and you get to know yourself better and better um, as you go through this journey and you, you realize the platforms that are your friends, <laughs> the platforms you wanna be friends with. Yep but you're not yet. Um, so it, it's, you're just always, you're always evolving. So I, I think that's great. And I, I really, you've all, I've always gone to you for real, real advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have had a lot of success on that platform. So that is a perfect fit in my opinion for you yeah. to kind of go down that path. Yeah. And I think it would it put me in a good mental space with reselling too, because I enjoy finding that stuff. I enjoy the history of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I enjoy fashion to begin with. So when I find these pieces that are vintage and that are designer, I go down a rabbit hole of like researching, like what time period is it from? I don't necessarily want to sell it myself. I want to know the backstory on it. And I want someone mm-hmm. else to take care of that for mm-hmm. me. So that's where the real world comes in. And it's just fascinating to see what people buy and how they price things. And like that whole, it's just, it works well because I am a part-time seller, part-time in quotations, Yeah. Um, but I have a job outside of the home. So to have that as a way of doing it. And like, I think people, people like to associate the real real as almost like it is thread up, but it's not. And it's two totally different things. And that's why for me, I feel it's important to create content around the real real so people get a better understanding of like, I it think it's really good up. timing. If you haven't noticed, there's been like a mass exodus, like, right from thread up now everybody's sending stuff to the real real and I feel like you were kind of the real real all along yes and I think that some people will be disappointed because their expectations are they think it's going to be similar to what they dealt with with thread up and it's it's just not the same thing Mm -hmm. it's not the same the payouts aren't the same like nothing is the same Um, but your potential is much greater with certain brands 
on the real real than it would be anywhere else. Right. But like, and I think vice versa, though, there are certain brands that wouldn't do well on the real real that would be an incredible payout on the thread up. Absolutely. And if thread up's your thing and you know it well, then that's, that might be your platform. So I have a box at thread up that's been there since October. They still Um, haven't touched it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. My fear is that I'm going to miss their email and I'm going to miss my 12 hour opportunity to adjust the pricing. Mm -hmm. Like I lay awake at night worrying that I'm going to miss that email because my thread up email is my, my Lori Tate in 1973, like pre Lori's Boston found. So I don't check that all the time. Like I check my Lori's Boston found email. And so I I'm not kidding. I lie awake at night. Like if I miss that box, cause I sent really good stuff yeah. and I will die. I know I will die if I miss that I window. So for people who are listening, who may not know what once thread up receives your box and they start to prop, you have 12 hours to adjust your pricing. Cause they generally price it pretty low to move it you have a window of opportunity to adjust the pricing so you can make a higher profit on your stuff. And if you miss it, then you just miss it, right? It's just, it's priced at whatever they price it at. Yeah. It's a different model. And some people might hate the real real and that's fine. And some people might hate thread up, but also fine. You know, we all just like some people prefer- Just to get back to what we were just saying, people migrate to what they migrate to. I mean, I think people who are used to adjusting their pricing on thread up, um, might, might see, uh, the real, real, maybe with a little frustration that they don't have any control. Right. Um, but I like the, the personal touch of the real, real. It's a luxury consignment service and their customer service shows that, right? Because 100% that's their clientele. So whether, and now they have, um, so if you have like a business license, you can reach out to them and they have a whole business reselling side of it too. So someone actually did message me and said, you know, are they, is the real, real, um, against resellers going on it the way thread up was and no, actually the real, real encourages. Yeah, no, because they know, they know that you're gonna, you know, your stuff and right. They are well, the other thing is they can preview your stuff before you send it. If you, if you message your contact person, mm-hmm. you know, so that's kind of nice too. It doesn't waste your time or, but like, you can also just wing it and send stuff in regardless, which yeah. I know you like to do as well. I do. I like, it's like a game for me. I'm like, let's just throw it all in a box and see what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so those, those are my like two big things that stick out to me, um, for goals met and didn't, didn't quite make the cut. What about you, Lori? Um, that's a good question. I would say, so I had like a a number goal in mind for sales on Poshmark and I didn't, I was like shy $5,000 by what my, my sales goal was, Right. but, um, with the other platforms that I had, it made up for it. And then some, but, um, I would say that my eBay goal was not met. I I mean, I had growth in social media, which I really was focusing on this year. So I, I met some goals on YouTube. I, I'm, um, I'm seeing the growth that I wanted to see on Instagram. Um, but I think what I'm working on, while well, I know what I'm working on in 2021 is just more balance, um, shutting the computer off, going to bed earlier, getting back to family, not being so divided all the time, mm-hmm. um, because that I've really struggled with. And, and I think, I don't think I'm alone. I think it's no, like anybody with like a, a new business owner where you're, the sole proprietor and you're doing everything, it's very hard to turn it off. And, but I, but I think I had, I also found my footing in all of it from business standpoint. And, um, I have a rhythm now, you know, I, I 
landed on two videos a week, which seems to be working for me. Uh, the type, the style of videos that I enjoy doing. I'm, I know like if I'm doing a what sold video, I know the time that's going to have to go into it. So I just know myself and my business a lot better than when, you know, going in. So June 10th is going to be two years on YouTube for me, uh, not June 10th, January 10th. And, um, that's, you know, I've, I've learned a lot over this past year. So I feel like that first year I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. No idea until probably October of no or November. And I had already been on the platform for like 10 months before I had a clue. Um, so this past year was really spent just getting to know YouTube better, getting to know iMovie, editing software, all that sort of stuff. And I've really enjoyed that. And I want to continue with that um, in 2021. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, and this is one of the things we had on here, like our overall thoughts in this past year of 2020. And for me, and I said this in my latest YouTube video too, where I talked about my new year's resolutions, 2020 wasn't awful. Like the circumstances were bad, right? Like the circumstances of the world and the economy and everything that was going on, social issues, like everything. Yeah, it wasn't a great year for that. But for me personally, and my, my personal growth and my business growth and all that kind of stuff, I learned so much about myself and what I want from my business and about my health and like all these different things that have kind of put me in a good place for 2021 and on to, to grow more and to understand more and to develop different things that I maybe wasn't sure if I wanted to do, you know, back in 2020. So for me, I, I, I think it was a great, 2020 is a great time to just reflect on everything that happened where we were and where we want to go. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I hope, I hope that people in our audience feel the same way or, or that people carved out that time because we all had the gift of time this year for all the things that were taken away. We did have the gift of time. I, I think at this point, I'm ready to be busy again, for sure. Um, I have a little bit of cabin fever and I feel like at the beginning of quarantine, I was really using my time wisely mm -hmm. And then now I just feel like I, I got into a little bit of a rut during the holidays, like not exercising and just, just the same thing, like over yeah. and over every day was Groundhog's Day, where I feel like back in March, April, May, during the pandemic, I was full of ideas and like, how can I do this? And what can I do to change this? And now's my time to try this. And I was super ambitious and my ambition kind of dwindled as the year went on, which is why I'm excited for this year, but no. 100%. I mean, there were, there were so many things that I was able to tap into. And, and in my reflection YouTube video as well, um, we had a lot of great things. I mean, Angie graduated from high school. Rocco was confirmed. We got Angie off to college. Anthony got a job. My yeah. dad and brother survived like two yes. really, really scary health crises and they're doing fantastic. And you know, we were able to be super creative with the holidays. And I don't, I, I don't know, there were things that happened that would not have happened otherwise. So I, I agree. try to look at the blessings that way, you know, not to sound corny or anything, but. But it's true because there was so much negativity in the world and it was, it's hard not to get soaked up in all that because we're on social media, right? Like there's just, there are days or there were days and I'm sure there'll be more days in the future where I literally like deleted the app off my phone because I'm done. Like I can't, 
I can't deal with it. Or I just, I just logged out and didn't log back in for like a day or two because there's just so, there's just so much noise. You talk about Instagram or Instagram, Facebook, like all of oh, it. all that it's stuff. Just, yeah. Yeah. There's just so much noise on those things. And that's just the culture that we live in. This is like, this is why I won't get into TikTok or in that kind of stuff. It's just too much. It's overload. And I know that's how like the new generation that they, they're all hooked on it. And I get it. Um, because when, MySpace came out and Facebook first came out. That was my generation. <laughs> so we were hooked on it, but it was different. There was like a creative element to, to that all. It was like networking. It was, the world was different then. It wasn't used for the purposes that it's used now. And I feel like it can really, you, you have to put blinders up to it sometimes to really focus on the things that you need to focus on for yourself. And the world makes it really hard to do that. Mm. And you have so, to know your personality as well, yes. because I don't think like my husband, for example, is really affected by social media because it, it just doesn't, it doesn't get its claws into him. He yeah. has certain things that he's interested in. And, and I have to say, I have to speak on behalf of the youth. I do think that TikTok is more than you may think it is like, not like my kids get their recipes from TikTok right, right. workouts. Like I, I think, well, I'm just going to speak for myself for a long time. I just thought it was like, the dancing, you know what I mean? And, and then sometimes it just feels very forced. And one of the things you hear a lot about TikTok is how authentic it is. And then I watch certain videos and I'm like, it doesn't feel real at all. But so, I, but I do think like I started looking at, um, you know, reseller stuff on TikTok and there's a lot of really helpful things and like sell quick ship, sell quick ship quick. Oh my gosh. They're, TikToks. they're the best. Like I could watch Hugo dance all day long. Oh, me too. That's because Hugo's so awesome. much fun. And <laughs> he just has this energy. Like he seems really natural to me on TikTok. Like I love their TikTok. So I think you just, once you find the right people, but as far as time goes, it's another huge time sucker. Huge. I think worse than anything. Yeah. My father just texted me, speak of the devil. I went over to his house. We were sitting on his porch with our mask and he said, do you have the TikTok app, honey? Do you have I'm the like, TikTok? Yes, dad, I do. And you are 75. What are you doing? And he proceeds to like, he sends me TikTok videos now. So funny. Um, yeah. So anyways, it, it is noisy though. It's it is. to your it, point. It, that's why it doesn't yes. appeal to me. because It's a lot. It's just a lot of stuff. And it's not that, because YouTube's a lot of stuff too, but I can street, like my homepage is catered to me. And like, it's things that I've been searching for. Like it's, it's different. I mean, I'm sure TikTok does similar things, but it's TikTok like, does the same thing. Yeah. But I don't like the idea of short clips. Like I'm not a big shorts <laughs> person, which I know mm -hmm. is becoming big on YouTube too. I'm more of like, I like the long or, or like the, the medium stream of things. That's what I enjoy. So I do too. I am like a YouTube addict now. Like I, I go to bed at least and I, it, even though we're talking on our podcast, I actually am not a huge podcast listener. And what I've decided about myself is I am a visual person. So mm -hmm. I like to see what I'm also listening to. Yeah. And sometimes with, with a podcast, you can get more done because you're not distracted right. by having to look at it. But um, I find at night, I have my phone next to me and I'll put on a YouTube video and listen to a YouTube video as I go to bed. I mean, I might as well just listen to podcasts. I just don't know as many as you know. Like, I think I would just need a few to get like hooked on. Yeah. Like Angelina goes to the gym and she's like, oh my gosh, David Dobrik is who Angelina loves. Yeah. And she's like, my workout goes by so quickly because mm -hmm. I just listened to his podcast. 
Mm-hmm. There's something by. about the podcasting world, like, and that's like a whole nother episode, right? Mm. But there's just something about listening while you're doing things or when you're trying to relax. So I like to listen to um, like live streams of like relaxing music or like there's different ones for like insomnia and whatever. And it's just like, it's just this what really I need. low <laughs> <laughs> melody of music, but it's like almost like spa music, but that's what I listen to. And it helps me pass out because it's just that the tones that they use put your body into like this rhythm and then you just eventually fall asleep. Oh, will you send some of those to me? Yes, I will. There, there's live streams under my eyes. all the time, all the time. But that's what I listen to. So I am very auditory, but I also like to look at people because I'm expressive and you're expressive. So I get that. You like mm-hmm. to see the expressions that people have on their face. Um, so I, I like all modalities of learning, but for me, when I'm in the car or when I'm trying to focus on something, I need things that I can listen to that's not gonna divert my attention that I need to look at something. Yeah. I actually am the type of person who can't listen to like popular music in mm. work. Oh, yeah, me neither. Cause I'll start because dancing. I, I just, corner. it's like walking and chewing gum at the same time. Like I, I will sing the song and then I won't remember what I just read. So yeah, there's that fine tune or there are certain people who I absolutely love on YouTube or whatever, but their voice, like if I'm trying to get something done yeah, and their, the volume is just two decimals higher than it needs to be like I just cannot do it yeah yeah Yeah. I need to I need to find the right I'll send you some of those I'll send you some of those videos I personally we are talking about noise (laughs) and how distracting it is and how we're both meanwhile obsessed and can't not look at a screen or listening to something all day long I know I know it's it's all right double-edged sword that's fun so yeah overall 2020 not a complete waste of time All right, not a complete waste. 40 minutes to say that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's look forward to 2021. Um, And the first thing that I think we should talk about is where do we think reselling will will be or what do we think it will be like in 2021? And you touched uh, touched on this in your video today. Did I? Yes, you did. You said that you think- it's not going anywhere? No, (laughs) you said that, uh, and I don't remember the exact wording, but basically that we're in the right place at the right time. And we think that you think that it's going to be like a growing thing in 2021. And I agree with you. I just heard something. Um, I can't remember the stat, but in enormous growth, like 300% growth by blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, cause I, because I was talking about how I want to do merch that says thrifted is the new black. Yeah, That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just said, because I actually do think thrifted is the new black. And I think yes. that it used to be a thing to brag about expensive things that you bought. And now, now I, I just feel it's almost embarrassing. It for me, right. if I were to say, oh, well, I, I just spent this much money on that. I, I get a lot more pride saying I spent a dollar on right. this, you know, and, in right. or just that it's been recycled and sustainable. And it's just, it is more a way of life now. Mm-hmm. than those like earthy, crunchy hippies that do it. I think it's it's just what we need to do right now. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's interesting to see where, not even just reselling in general, I think just thrifted clothing, like take reselling mm-hmm. out and just talk about thrifted clothing. When you walk to the thrift store, what the average age of the person is that's in the thrift store now. Because so young. Yes. It's Before, so young. Go back to last year, January of last year. Not as many. There were some, no. but not as no, many. No, I think there's been a huge uptick in the younger generation. Yes. Just and this weekend alone, I walked in on Saturday. I want to say at least 80% of the of the customers in there were between the ages of 16 and 22. 
So it's funny you should say that because I went to the Goodwill in um, Somerville mm -hmm. and was it Somerville, Arlington? But anyways, I'd never been to this particular Goodwill before. And I got there like at 2.30 in the afternoon. Most of the stores and restaurants were like closed coffee shops. There right. was one store that had a line out the door. And it was Goodwill. And it was Goodwill. How funny. It is like this hopping downtown. There's Starbucks. There's like hip, like comic book stores and just the coolest little strip. The only store that had a wait to get in was Goodwill. Wow. And then when I got in, it was, I mean, kids are also on college break. So, but it was yeah, yeah, yeah. all students. I mean, I'm, I'm saying all, I'm obviously exaggerating, but I would say 70% of the people in that store were students. Right. Which just... But then this is the other thing too that comes to comes to my brain is um, let's say more of these younger people are going to be on the platform like Poshmark, like eBay, buying mm -hmm. things instead of going to, let's say they can't find what they want in the thrift store. So they're going to look online to these reselling platforms. Does this mean that we need to start changing our pricing structure because they're not going to be spending what someone around my age or your age would be spending? Do you know what I mean? Like, should we be looking at that then this trend and focusing, not focusing all of our energy on it, but being conscious of that what we're sourcing and what we should be putting in our closet. Um, I think it just depends on who your audience is. I mean, I think yeah. last week when we had our anniversary edition, I think of Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I Chloe was all about Urban Outfitters, Victoria's Secret. And, you know, that is her client and that's who she's selling her stuff to. I mean, it's funny because I'll, I'll show things to Angie and her friends and they just, they don't, they don't get caught up in the brands necessarily mm. as much as we do. They're so much more style-based, so yeah. much more style-based. And they're, they're into, you know, they were into the grandma trend and like the, the nineties t-shirts. And um, it, it's just so different what they're looking for from like what, what we're maybe shopping for. Yeah. Maybe, you know, there are obviously people who are still shopping that aesthetic. So and I also think as far as like changing our pricing strategy or whatever, I think a lot of these kids are on Depop. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I do. I think that right. that's where, or that's maybe where they're selling. I think if they're, if you're young and you're modeling your clothes and you're into like a vintage vibe, I don't know that Poshmark is the first platform you're going to think about. This they're looking true. at Grail. They're looking Bukhari, at- Macari probably. Uh, Say again. Macari. They could probably look at Macari. Yep. Yep. I can see that because Macari's done a ton of marketing. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think we have to consider this next generation because, you know, there's also like my son, Anthony graduates and he starts his new job in June and he'll be, he'll have some buying power now as like a young professional. So it'll be interesting. I think it'll be really interesting. Yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting evolving year of the whole reselling community in general, whether it be new sellers or just the climate of thrifted clothing and what that's going to look like, but it's going to be interesting. One of the, one of the things that I have been thinking a lot about is just how many people got into reselling because they were home this year. A lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. But what is the staying power of those people? Are they Not just going high. to be, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we're going to see. So if anything, I think that reselling is going to get more popular um, from a purchasing standpoint and from a selling standpoint. Yeah. But I feel like this was a huge uptick in sellers this year. 
because so many people were home, they had the time, they could give it a try. So even if I'm home and working from home and I have an extra 10 hours a week that I'm not like say at my right. home office and I can list 20, 30 items a week or even five items a week, will I still be listing when I go back to work in July yeah. or August? So I don't know. So maybe reselling is going to increase, but the, but the resell, I feel like there's going to be a little bubble that kind of passes through mm -hmm. as far as sellers go. I think you'll have more side hustlers. Mm -hmm. um, you'll have people that were doing it full time for like the last year. Right. And now they're maybe starting to go back into the office. So there's talk about going back in the summer. So now they're going to start to scale to meet whatever demand it's going to be once they're back in the office. Or they're going to give it up completely. It's going to be one or the other. Sure. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I do but think I, I don't like I said, I, I don't think it's going anywhere. I feel super excited. I mean, I, I do feel like in a sense we're at the right place at the right time, although I think about it at least twice a day how much I wish I had started doing this 15 years ago. Because I kind of was you we all kind we of were, were doing <laughs> we were doing in it. some capacity, but we didn't know about the community, we didn't know about the resources, we didn't the know about think the about potential. It. Think about if I would have continued doing what I was doing and not even realizing what I was doing when I was 16, 17, right up until my mid twenties, yeah. where I would be right now, I'd probably be with Amazon to be quite honest with you. I probably would be selling and sending things off to Amazon and, and being, a you were doing textbooks. textbooks. I was doing textbooks, right. but I didn't know about anything with Amazon besides me being a merchant and selling my textbooks. Um, mm -hmm. so I just feel like I would have been in a completely different place of reselling. I wouldn't be doing probably anything that I'm doing now. I probably would be more focused on that aspect of reselling. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to, to reflect on it. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it now because you can't look back, but, um, I right. do think that well, you're still young. I'm like, God, like I get, I, I honestly, <laughs> I think about it a lot, how much, yeah. how things could have been. So because I've been a stay at home mom and just a little bit lost from, yeah. A yeah, career standpoint. Like, I think I knew I didn't want to go back to teaching because I worked with um, kids with severe behavioral issues. Yeah. And um, as a mom, like it was just draining as a mom, like to have that during the day and then students. And I loved that population of kids, but it's also like, I'm uh, greedy with my time because I've been home and now my kids are older. I don't really want a nine to five now that we can travel because the kids are older or I can go with Jay on a weekend to Miami when he goes for a conference. Like I, I, I can't imagine going back to a job that I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, that would be difficult. And I just think it would be difficult. So I, I don't know. It'll be, I think I have my eye on the retail, the big box stores because they are hurting I know. and malls are dying and stores are closing. It, it's, it's so sad, but the, but I am genuinely curious to see what direction things like, yeah. what are they going to do with spaces at malls? Yeah. What, is, what are they going to become as stores close and what, what's going to happen to, you know, where Sears used to be, where Macy's used to be, mm -hmm. what's going to, I mean, are they, are they going to just get, are they going to close those buildings down and make them condos? Are they going to reuse yeah. that space? Look like an what infamous New England thing, what you just said. Everything gets shut down and becomes condos around here. Oh. <laughs> it's like a total <laughs> New England thing. Oh, <laughs> really? I don't know. It's a condo. Yeah, or a bank. I see yeah. banks popping yeah, up all the time. bank like, is popping up everywhere. Everywhere. Why do they need more banks? They don't. They're like five miles away from each other. Is it really necessary? <laughs> 
Anyway. So yeah, I'm curious to see where things go from a big retail, like if re because we have seen some big retailers get into reselling and partnerships happening. That. So the partnerships that are happening with right up, which I think is where retailers are going to go. So gap Hollister, uh, you know, Abercrombie, American Eagle, I see all of those mall brands housing things that Thrite Up is going to basically give to them. They're going to have some type of partnership where, hey, when you get this brand in, we're going to send some to the store and keep some online kind of thing. And they'll they'll work something out like that. Almost mm-hmm. like how the Real Real has stuff on their online platform, but also in their two store locations as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a similar type thing, but instead of it being a Thrite Up location, it's going to be Thrite Up is in our store. That's what I see happening. Gosh, that's crazy. It's just, what I do feel confident about is that there are some big changes that are going to happen mm-hmm. in the retail I agree. landscape. I agree. So I'm, I'm kind of here for it. I'm going to grab my pop, popcorn and <laughs> <Right>? just <laughs> see what happens as we go along. <laughs> but yeah, I think we'll have to be adaptable over the next few years with our own business as trends change. Um, Speaking of, we're going to have to start looking at spring 2021, summer 2021 trends. We're going to have to do an episode on that in the next like month yeah, or so. February, right, is when yeah. all the runway shows are. Yeah. So that, that'll that be here before we know it. See, well, that's good. Daniela and I are meeting. Daniela has a birthday this week. I do. I Yay. Do. Yes, Thursday. Yes. yes. So we are getting together on Daniela's birthday. I'm so excited. And we are going to do some planning for Thrifters Villa. I'm sure there'll be some thrifting involved and food some food involved yes yes i'm looking forward to it it'll be a good day but yeah that's something we can pencil in for february that was a fun those are fun episodes yeah people like those too because not everyone's into like looking at what trends are going on there's so many different trends now tiktok has its own trends like there's so many different things that um are in the trend world this is why i also think we need to watch tiktok because you know they are trend setters i know kendall and what's her name just brought back the brown puffer north face jacket yeah i mean exactly <laughs> kendall jenner wore a brown puffer jacket and what's her, that other girl wore it too what's her name she's another influencer i don't know there's another influencer that wore it too um Addison Ray, I don't know. I don't know. She's another. But yeah, I mean, I, I do. I mean, I just watch the teenagers in action, and I I do have a TikTok, and I've done like five. And um, my favorite one was when I showed myself like looking through um, my inventory and playing YouTube. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> I thought that was just so damn clever, and. Uh, <laughs> And Rocco watched it and I'm like, isn't this great? Don't you love it? He's like, mom, why don't you pick a song that's trending? And I said, well, because Because this song was perfect. I'm like, this song was perfect for what I was doing. He's like, mom, nobody listens to that song on TikTok. You tell him to calm down. Okay. What? He needs to calm down. (laughs) Live Rocco like is the least social media kid going. So if he's saying it, then it's really bad on, but I mean, what his, his point was, um, you find a song that's trending and then you yeah. do your video around it. Yeah, like but- the other day I was sitting in the kitchen. My I was brain doesn't about- work that way. What? My brain doesn't work that way. It should be the content and then the video. I mean, the no, song. but that's how TikTok works. So I was in the kitchen the other day and I was singing How Bizarre. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Angie's <laughs> like, you know that song? I'm like, hello? Like that is an old song, Angie. Really old. Like, but that is a song that is all over TikTok. How bizarre. Do, do, do. Really? Oh, babe. Oh, yeah, huge. Well, if you notice, Kristen, who's on the oh, cast, yeah, yeah. Voice Voice the verb. The verb, she did a really funny TikTok or, or reels with that yeah, song. 
Mm. Where it shows somebody bringing clothes up to the register. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just put these out. <laughs> and she's like, how bizarre. Like, yeah. <laughs> like she knew. So anyway, yes. Um, don't sleep on TikTok, Daniela. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll download it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. You just send me TikTok things and I'll, I'll watch them. How about that? Okay, I'll send you fun things. <laughs> but then my kids tell me that I watch mom TikTok. Like I don't see the same TikTok that they see. Yeah, well, I'm sure because they're clicking on different things. Their for you is very different. And they're for, and, and Angie's like, mom, it's frightening like how spot on they're for oh, you. Yeah, I'm sure. Algorithms are changing every single day. I mean, look at YouTube, for example. It knows what tags to even line up for you before anything even happens. It's collecting data all over the place. Yeah, Not it's just not, when you're that, on the It's kind of scary. It is because they're tracking your Google. They're tracking everything. That's how it works. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so let's see. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> We know how to digress, boy. Um, let's talk about YouTube goals. Okay. Let's talk about YouTube goals and website goals because you have a website. I kind of have a website. You mm -hmm. have a YouTube. I kind of have a YouTube. Um, <laughs> so do you have any big goals for your YouTube channel for this year? Like, do you have a number in mind that you want to hit for? Um, um, I, I said a number in my video. And then after I said it, I was like, oh, geez, Lori, that was really ambitious. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, like at 11, nine right now. So uh, 15, if you go on social, 000. huh? 15,000, 20,000. I think I said 30. Ooh, um, I which, like, like I said, <laughs> big number, but I, like I, it. I, which I, um, well, you can go on social blade and it gives you like projections based okay. on your current growth. So, um, I, I think one, I honestly, I think 20 would make me really happy. Social blade. Hold on. Googling. What is social blade? What is this? Explain you it. Can look up yourself. You can go to YouTube, you can go to Instagram and it gives oh. you a grade and then it gives you projections and it tells you like what you, like what you've gained. It, it's, it's like live. So go, go on and then do Ivy and blush Bottega or do yeah. Daniela. It's oh, my computer's spazzing out. But yeah, so you can, you can look and analyze like kind of where you are, like what your growth has been. Um, oh, it just, okay. It, it keeps like logging me in and out. It looks like it's looking up my stuff. Okay. Well, it is very interesting and it will, it will show you like how many um, people you've either gained or lost in a day. Um, huh. So based yeah. on those projections, I, I was feeling if things tend to keep going in the direction they're going in, you know, I think I just want to stay relevant and I don't want to get burnt out. I really do enjoy YouTube and I just kind of want to keep on keeping on. And, um, I feel like now that I have like a full year under my belt, um, I know it's been two years, but I kind of feel like that first year, I didn't really know what I was doing. And so, but this past year, like I already look at my calendar and I said, you know, I have, um, thrift across new england which i'm doing at the end of this month this is the first yep. time i've ever done that so i'm excited for that but then thriftless february i did last year and so a few people have asked me if i'm doing it again this year so it's something people that i can kind of huh people loved it well i think it was a good exercise for a lot of us who um aren't very good at saying no to thrifting i mean i am the worst so it was a really good exercise for me. I didn't realize it was going to be the month before pandemic. And then I was going to like sell and get rid of so many things just to not be able to go to a store. Couldn't have planned that any worse, but because I am such a hoarder, that wasn't really a big problem. But anyways, now that I have a year under my belt, I feel like I have certain content that can repeat. 
So like next year, I will probably do happy holidays again. I liked doing a vlog for just one week. I don't think mm-hmm. I could do it for an entire month. I think that would just be a lot for me. Um, so I feel like there are certain things I have to look forward to. Like we just said, like, oh, we're going to have to do our trend because we did that last February and that was a fun thing. So I think once you have a year under your belt and you know what works for you, you can kind of refine it a little bit, Yeah, which I would like to do. So I'm looking at this now and this is saying that by July of 21, I should have close to a thousand subscribers, like 973 or something like that. Exactly. So based on like how you've been growing at whatever great you've rate you've been growing at, it makes projections. Right. Um, and I have found that their projections can be a little bit conservative. I was so, going to say that I was like, that seems kind of low because I have a goal for myself and it's 1500 subscribers by December. Awesome. You'll so get that's the goal. You'll totally get there. I think I can. Yes. Maybe. I think you can too. Yeah. I think, I think that it helps having a podcast. It helps having an Instagram following like that stuff helps. Sure. Um, it's uh, but YouTube's a different animal. So yeah, those things help and people will come on, but it's mostly, there are people that are on YouTube that aren't on any other types of social media. So it's trying to reach those people. That's what the focus is, but this is interesting. I'll have to. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. Um, And you can do it for any platform you're on. You can look up your Instagram, you can look Mm -hmm. up your, um, your YouTube, excuse me. So that's a good tool. So that's kind of what I used when I was like thinking about my own projections. I didn't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, but even more so than the, like the final number, everybody's always like looking at some number. Um, but as soon as you hit that number, you're on to the next one. Like I remember this year for me, it was really big to hit 10,000 subscribers right. and, you hit it. and I hit it. And then I was like, okay, now I want 15. And that's what you realize with social media that it's kind of never enough it never ends. because you always want to be growing. So, um, it's easy to get just like sucked into that. Um, I am totally guilty of looking at my analytics very frequently. And, you know, if a video, like my video that went out today, within 30 minutes, it had like seven dislikes, which is not the norm for my videos. And I was like, hmm, is it because I talked about money? Is it because I said I was going to talk about money, but then I talked about my family for five minutes and people who are just approaching my channel for the first time. They don't want to hear about my family. They just want to hear about the money right away. So they clicked off and then you can drive yourself crazy. And then I was like, screw it. It is what it is. No, I mean, I, but we do care, you know, like we do, we we shouldn't care. But I, I mean, I think it took me a little while. And then I went back later and I noticed that three of the thumbs down had gone away. So maybe somebody accidentally accident but what for whatever reason it leveled off is what I'm trying to say as the day went on and it's doing okay right now but I think in the morning whenever I hit that go live button you know those first few minutes and I always get like some um like adult comments on my I noticed Becky has too too. like hi I'm free tonight with like a naked girl in the profile I get them all (laughs) the time I'm like people you are really targeting the wrong audience. I don't know what it is about reseller content. If it's, or I if don't it's know. just going to I've everybody, but anyway, so that's another thing I check for because I usually get like two or three, like mm. sexy nine, one, uh, not nine, one, 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 Um, I know. So, yeah. So, um, just continued growth. And I just want to stay in it. I want to keep enjoying it is what I really yeah. want for you. And grow a second channel, throw that out there. 
Yeah, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, either a second channel or add some spice to my current. Yeah, channel. I mean, you could do if you didn't want to do the second channel, you can always do like the like we talked about before we came live, um, the playlist type thing, right? And then people can go to a specific playlist and they can look at those that specific content from. You. So what I said in my goals video because I feel like I have like bored our audience with this debate enough on our podcast, um, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But uh, what I did say in my video is that I'm kind of going to take the first six months of this year to fold a little bit of lifestyle on, you know, non-reseller related content into my channel, just see how it does. Yep. And it will be in the form of an extra video. So I'm not going to like remove a what sold video right, to right, do right, right. a video on, you know, baking cookies. Um, but I would do it as an additional shorter video and just watch it and see how it does and see how my audience responds to it. And then after six months, I think I'll make the call. Yeah. I think that's a good plan because you'll have some data under your belt that you can look at and see, you know, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Do I keep doing what I'm doing or do I venture out and, you know, start over a new channel? The one thing that's really enticing about a new channel is the no pressure, like just yeah. totally fun, totally creative, totally not care. Like, just like, this is it. I'm just going to really have a good time with this. Um, that's really enticing to me. Yeah. I get that. I get that until, until that catches on until I want that money. Right, and then it becomes, until I want, yeah. And then it just starts yeah. all over again. I'm like, do I really want this times two? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would, if I had a production team, absolutely. <laughs> but when you're one, that's my goal show, for 2021. I want a production team. Yes, I want like a marketing artist. team. <laughs> Those are my goals. <laughs> I want celebrity status. Okay. You know, <laughs> Uh, what about your website? For me, I, I do plan on launching it the like end of January, become, become beginning of- I'm excited um, for your website. Yeah, it's it's very me. Like it's starting to come along. I'm going to slowly, and I talk about this too in my YouTube video, I'm going to slowly like release different pages because I want to have content on the pages. Like, so I want to have a blog page, but I want to have enough content on there. So if someone came on and they wanted to spend an hour reading different blog posts, there's at least 10 to 15 things on there for them. And gotcha. it's like different various topics. Right. Um, but that's going to take time. So like, I want to grow. I want all these things to happen, but I also need to take time to do each thing and make sure that it's the way that I want it. So like, it'll be bare bones in the beginning, but it's going to be, it's going to be good. Like I want it to be a community center. I want there to be a forum. I want them to be like a member's page of some sort, like everything that, that I like to do on my Instagram page, but brought into a hub on my website where you can feel more of that community and like they have one-on-one -on -one access to me. Um, so in some type of paid format and it would be something, you know, crazy low because at the end of the day, I'm giving reseller, like it'd be like a reseller based thing or it could be an entrepreneurial base. I don't know. I don't know what my exact vision for oh, it would yeah. be, but it'd be some type of like monthly member forum with like extra type of content videos whatever it is like that's where i envision that going um and that's something i've always wanted to do yes always. we even <laughs> talked about that for thrifters villa i mean that's definitely yeah. been on your radar for a yeah. long time hey the thrifters it's daniela and today we are going to talk about shapeandfoster.com so Shape and Foster is a lifestyle development app that provides monthly actionable insight from six experts in mental health, financial planning, nutrition, fitness, yoga, and a life coach. It is a one-stop shop for self-improvement. The app provides a proactive and informed approach to improving your mental well-being by enabling practices and habits to be built. 
Lifestyle development is about enhancing your quality of life by improving awareness, identity, and potential. One community of actionable insight. Learn from six pillars essential to a healthy heart and healthy mind and in one unique app. Visit www.shapeandfoster.com for your free 14-day trial. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah. I um, have all these guilty feelings because I have a section where I could do a newsletter is something that I wanted to do. I I don't know about a blog yet, um, but I would like to at least put out a newsletter. I have something like 250 email addresses that have been captured on my website and I've done done nothing with them. Yeah. I mean, you can start that. You can start that whenever, you know. I was just thinking about like maybe starting like a quarterly newsletter. Like I'm when not going to like launch for your drop for your next. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, if people signed up for the email, there's, it's basically just like a personal letter to those people. Like is. I'm not asking for anything. It's just like, this is a heads up. This yep. is what I'm doing. These are things um, we're working on for quarter one, blah, 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 you know, whatever. What right. And initially for my website, for my Boston collection, I wanted to do a January launch, which is not going to happen because I just feel like February is a better time. Cause I'm not going to be thrifting. Yeah. And this month is kind of already jam packed with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my partnership with Vendu happening. So I have that challenge, the cross posting challenge for these first three weeks. Um, I need to do a post about that tomorrow because that that's kind of the kickoff day. And then I go into thrift across New England and then it's going to be thriftless February. So I just didn't really see where there's going to be time to do that launch. So um I'm really hoping that I can just be picking up a lot of stuff for that. I think I'm doing the seaport district because I'm Ooh, going with like, I'm going, I'm doing it more on color inspiration because okay. I'm going with cool colors and yeah. things like that. It's, it's very hard to say, oh, I want to do like Copley or yeah. the North End and then, you know, in a literal sense. So like my Boston, it's very loose. It's very loose. Yeah. You can't um, really do, I mean, you could do a North End like literal, but it would just be a bunch of Italian stuff and cannolis. So. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we'd buy it, but you know. would. <laughs> well, know exactly. And I think I, I started with Back Bay, which was just kind of an easy one because there are so yeah. many shops that I could yeah draw from, but you know, Seaport has a lot of shops as well too. And I happen to love the Seaport district. So that's going to be my next one. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's in its infancy right now, but yeah, so that'll be February, but yeah, maybe a newsletter and, um, just generally getting my act together over there and keeping it pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as far as like projects that we're working on, we've kind of talked about it, but I think there's one big project that Lori and I are going to take on for 2020 and that is, um, eBay. I mean, 2021, eBay. I don't even think we should talk about it now because I feel like it's been a bunch of empty promises on this podcast. (laughs) We've been lying to you this entire time. (laughs) No, I mean, one of the things that I, I I am not good at, you know, the whole working smarter, not harder. People say that all the time and you rarely hear me say that because I'm just not good at it. So I'm not super efficient. And I, I think I have reached my max. Like I, I yeah. literally can't take on any more inventory in the capacity I have in the space, in the hours in a day and make more money. Like, unless I want to go into liquidation, hire somebody full-time, hire a virtual assistant. I I'm working with a high school student six to 10 hours a week right now. Right. And I don't, I like it. Like, I don't, I don't want more than that. 
and I just, when I gave my report on my YouTube video, what my numbers were, my sales on Poshmark were $45,995. And yes, I'm very annoyed that I didn't make those extra $5 to say 46,000. <laughs> but, and do you know what my YouTube, my eBay numbers were? What? $2,890. Yeah, I'm in, this, I'm in a similar boat. I think mine were like 5,000 something, which is pathetic. Pathetic. It's pathetic. I mean, when you look at like <laughs> eBay has so many more active users than Poshmark. And yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this, like in all the information's there, like all I have to do is cross post it, yep. hire someone to cross post it. Like if I don't want to do it myself, like that I can handle. Yep. So that to me is like, I mean, I could like double, double the $45,000 and it's not going to double my time. Not even close. It's not going to be a fraction of the time I've already purchased, steamed, washed, measured, photographed, listed. Like I've already done that. It's just, it's mind boggling to me that I let it go this long. So that is a huge, huge focus for me this year. I mean, clearly at the beginning of the year for my Vendu project, but I mean, and beyond. Right, right. It's not going to end once, you know, no. whatever partnership or, you know, and that's a partnership that continues on anyway. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's something that I started to focus on, stop focusing on, started to focus on like a back and forth kind of thing. But like starting this year, have to focus on it. We've had people on the podcast that have talked about eBay. Heidi's been on, Denali's been on like, oh, I think everybody just laughs at us. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> right now it's just like, aha, you guys are funny. You're really not yeah. going to do it. You're just going to stay on Poshmark. Poshmark. <laughs> you and your Poshmark like no you know there I do put things on there but I'm not consistent with it so I don't have the consistent sales with it and the potential on eBay is so much greater just like the potential on Amazon is even greater than eBay right, so right. I would love to learn more about Amazon and you know Matt and I have kind of talked about it and if if we find the right rhythm and footing with it all we might go into Amazon together like that oh, is something that we're looking so at jealous. I mean it, it's a big undertaking though um, but our friend Amy does it and she loves it. Our mm. friend April does it. She April loves it. April does it. April totally made the shift. Right. So I mean, the potential is there for it. And I think a lot of our listeners might be curious on it too. So we got to find some Amazon people to come on. Well, I think the tricky thing about Amazon is it's not talked about. It's like it's sharing your retail arbitrage secrets. Like I don't talk retail arbitrage until it's sold. Correct. You know, it's, like it's I, your baby, it's your little thing that you keep to yourself because you found something exactly. and you got a good return on it but you don't want other people to find it either. Um, which is why you see like these Amazon lead lists and eBay lead lists, like all that kind of stuff. So there's this whole untapped market of reselling that we don't talk about because we don't have experience in it. Right. Um, and I think it's not talked about as much because it's such like a hush hush. This people don't want to talk about it. Right. I mean, really, if you really think about it, people who are like, oh, I'm over Madewell, I'm over anthropology, I'm over this and that, it's because all of us are talking about those brands, maybe not now, but that's what everybody was talking about two Correct. years ago. And Correct. now it's too much, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Selling I, L.L. Bean isn't very sexy, but I sell a lot of L.L. Bean. Mm -hmm. That's my feelings on Michael Kors too. I've started talking about it here and there, but like some people have no luck with it. I have the best luck with Michael Kors. Mm -hmm. And I just figured this out a couple months ago. Where, yeah. have I been? Where have I been this entire time? You know, focusing on what everyone else says. So, you know, that's, there's just so much to resell. Well, and it's tricky too, because when you're first getting started and you're not sure, you're looking at people with experience. Of you're course. watching what sold videos and mm -hmm. you're seeing free people sell and you're seeing Madewell sell. Plus you kind of like it too. Like whether or not free people sells or not, I like it. I like that brand. So I tend to pick it up and just 
roll the dice a little bit. Still one of my best-selling brands. Right. Right. That's like um, made well. Everyone's knocking on it. I'm like, it's my number one. Well, okay. Let's just do take it or leave it since we're talking about this. Oh, okay. Let's, that's, yeah, that's let's just do that way. because we're going right into it anyway. So well, we, we were bringing back, take it or leave it for you, honey. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the sales edition for 2020 mm -hmm. and 2021. Mm -hmm. So um, item with the worst sell-through rate for 2020 that we are leaving. Well, we're going to try to leave behind because I don't know if I can actually leave this brand behind. But for me, it was it's J. Crew. I pick it up all the time and I just it is such a slow sell for me. And I love J. Crew pieces. I love everything about them. I'm a sucker for it. I always pick it up and it just, it just, I'm going to look at my J crew right now because I don't know. I'm not prepared for this question. That's fine. Um, so uh, J crew has been very slow for me lately. Oh my gosh. This it's is bad, scary. Right? It's really bad. So, um, I, I don't think I'm going to leave it behind. I think I just need to be better about what it is in J crew that will do best for me, which I don't know if there is anything right now. Maybe yeah, just I have less J crew than I would have thought, but um, yeah, my recent sell through rate is not great. Not great. Yeah. So that's my worst sell through rate for 2020 that I'm going to be more mindful of in 2021. So one brand that came to mind when I was looking at this and I, I only mentioned this brand because I love it. And I get so excited when I see it. I've only found it twice and I'm over two. Neither has sold. One has been in my inventory since October of 2019. Oh, wow. I've relisted. I've changed backgrounds. Um, I've changed eBay. prices and that's Stella McCartney for Adidas. eBay. Yeah. eBay. But I mean, isn't that crazy? Like it is because I sell it. That's what I don't oh my understand. Gosh, it's such a, I would consider it a bolo, like excited. Yeah. I remember when I found the hoodie at Savers in Framingham for $6.49. I remember it like it was yesterday, even though it was mm -hmm. two years ago. And um, I was like beside myself excited that I had found Stella McCartney. I mean, it was also two years ago too. Um, still hasn't sold. I have it listed for $58. I think I started at 60. Maybe I should just drop it to 50, but people... I mean, I think I've offered as low as 40 on it you and I probably would sell it for real. 30. Send it to yeah. the real real. You could do that too. Yeah, I probably should. Because you only paid six and change. You probably had 20% off. So even if you only doubled or tripled your money on it, you're still making your money back. No, I know. But then should I just, but see with, with that mentality that I'm like, well, then I should just maybe lower my price to 30 bucks if I'm going to send it to the real real. You could do that too. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, on the flip side, Good old just Adidas sells very well for me, better than Nike. Yeah. Which is well, bizarre to me. Yeah. I sell a lot of Adidas sneakers. I've picked up some oh. RA on Adidas and it does pretty well. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's my best sell-through rate because I didn't follow the assignment properly. That's all right. But item with the best sell-through rate, would you say it's Adidas? Um, I don't know. For me? I, I, I think it's Lululemon actually. Yeah. So mine's like a toss. So mine's too. It's Lululemon because mm -hmm. it's just, and I think it's because it was just a big thing in 2020 going into 2021 because loungewear was a big thing. Yeah. So I feel like that's why my sell-through rate is so high. And I had that massive amount of Lululemon that was given to me by my friend. So mm -hmm. that number's a little skewed. So I didn't want to include it in, in this, but for me, it's Madewell, which is so funny because J. Crew and Madewell are sister companies. Uh-huh. It makes no sense to me. The styles are very similar. I mean, yeah, but I feel like Madewell's more casual. It is. More yeah, denim, more, more edgy. Yeah. 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 
I don't know if yeah. it's edgy, but yeah. I mean, I think of J. Crew as just more professional wear. It is. It's more wear. professional. Yeah. Um, Madewell's the cooler sister, right? Like J. Crew's the older sister who works in an office and you know, she's she's got her thing, you know, she's got everything put together. And Madewell's sister is like, I'm still young and having fun. I'm single, like, and I'm gonna wear ripped jeans because I can to work. <laughs> you know, like the, like maybe she works at Francesca's or something. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's so the, funny. But but Madewell, everyone is ragging on, and I'm like, Madewell, I can still sell Madewell jeans between fifty to eighty dollars, depending on the style. So eighty, God, I'm more like forty to 60. It depends maybe. on the style. Depends on the style. I guess it does. Um, so I'm just trying to look at, oh, so this is, I'm trying to, I'm going to look at most profitable brands in 2020 on my seller insight. So yeah, I will say most profitable brand, number one, Lululemon, number two, free people, number three, Athleta, number Ooh. four, anthropology. Another thing nobody likes. Yeah. Uh, number five, lucky brand and number six, Madewell. Lucky those, brand. Are top, those are my top <laughs> profitable brands of I mean think about it so just think so let's just think about the first thing so for me it's Lululemon made well um what are the other ones I don't have it in front of me Lululemon made well Everlane uh Athleta and there was one there was another one I can't remember but anyway they're very so let's think about this they're very like mall brands it's very like accessible things that people can get Mm -hmm. all the time maybe they don't want to pay retail price for it but they're willing to spend the $50 on a new or like new condition item yeah. So make I sense. sold 49 um, Lululemon pieces, sold 56 uh, free people, 34 Athleta, 36 Anthropology, 29 Lucky, and 27 Madewell. Interesting. In Lucky 2020. Brand. Really? Huh? Lucky brand? <laughs> Certain Lucky brand really does do well. You know what I do amazing with on Lucky what? are those, um, those vintage sweatpants that have like almost like Asian like dragons or I would never they have the outside stitching I do not pass those up (laughs) I wish you could see Laura's face right now cheap what I said I wish people could see your face right now it was like the mom face like do not (laughs) do not (laughs) like I just squeezed your (laughs) cheek when I said that it's a mom face but anyways yeah that's interesting to to see I imagine we'll probably see a change in 2021. Like these brands will shift a little bit, but um, there are a lot of real people shopping for real clothing and these are brands that they know. So, Correct. you know, I, um, I got like for the, for love and lemons. I remember, is that even the right, am I even saying that right? For the love of, I don't for the love of, I, I found like a velvet dress and I was like so excited about that dress and it took a year to sell. Um, and it ended up selling for like $50, $60. I think I had it priced at a hundred, but there are certain brands that you just get so hyped about. And then they just I don't know, away. I would rather a pair of Madewell jeans than this like red velvet baby doll dress. Like, I don't know. I have found things from Revolve that I've gotten so excited because it was from And then Revolve. they don't sell? And they don't sell. They, like, they don't. I don't know. Like sometimes, and I'm old, I get that. I get that, but I'm also, I, I know what sells for me and it's not like I don't offer some of these brands. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, I think Revolve just isn't something that is very well known in the mainstream. We know it cause we're resellers and certain populations know it because 
of the price point that the pieces are in, the type of pieces that they offer. But I think the general population that's shopping might not know what that is. Well, it's funny because I don't know if you watched my thrift and gift YouTube yes. thing where I got that black sheer and I, I, and Angie opened it and she was like, oh my gosh, I love this. It was like a little cropped, kind of like a sexy, like sheer yeah, arms. Yeah. And like she's like, clubbing oh. type thing. Exactly. She's like, oh my gosh, I'll have so much fun going out to a party in this with like jeans or whatever. And it was cute little, you know, college type of a shirt. And I said, um, do you like that? And she's like, yeah, I actually really like it a lot, mom. Thanks. And I'm like, it's from Revolve. And she said, where? Like she was like, um, didn't matter. Like she liked it, but it it wasn't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, not that she's like this fashion. Yeah. Icon. But I also think that as resellers, we kind of get hyped up on where things are coming from. They came from Net-A-Porte. It came from Revolve, you know, and I don't think the general person really like the average person doesn't really care about that because right. it's a certain that's not to say that if that's your thing, because right. there are resellers be where that is their thing. And so that is their customer. Right. And that is what sells there. They aren't going to sell LL Bean in their closet. You know what I mean? And, and that's also where you have to just see what works for you. And I guess I'm just saying that apparently those brands that I just listed are what work for me. Yeah. And my brands are very similar. But I also source a lot of those, like I source for Everlane online because I don't, we don't really find Everlane too much in the thrift store. Like it happens. Yeah, you can find it, but it's not something that you find every day. Everlane is just lukewarm for me. And it I know depends. it's it's very hot for you. It's, I get excited to find it because I love the brand, oh, me too. but I would say that it's, it's, it's lukewarm, you know? Um, yeah. I think I've been having a lot of luck with vintage. Vintage is something I'm not sleeping on in 2021. I haven't been sleeping on it, but I am like, I don't know if it's just because I've been reselling for a little while now and it's just interesting to find vintage, mm -hmm. you know? And um, like I took a chance on that Hermes vest, which right. I'm pretty certain is real. And I think it is too, Lori. I think it is too. I think it is. And, okay. um, and even if it wasn't, I meant that when I found it, it was in the kids section, it was 10 bucks. They had it marked up everything. I wouldn't have bought it if everything in me said it was fake. Yeah. Because there was, I mean, you know, you see fakes all the time and I leave them behind. There was something about that, that I was like, I don't know. And someone made a comment about it on my YouTube video who said, I'm sure that's legit. She said, because that's not the type of piece that Hermes, that somebody would fake. They would fake a scarf. They would fake a handbag. They're not going to fake a brown vest. Right. It's true. Which I thought was a really good point. I didn't think of that. And maybe somebody would fake it, but anyways, that is like what gets me in, in it. It's old and it's not necessarily the most attractive vest, but I'm pretty excited to um, get that listed and steam it and like work on it a little bit. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely look and we feel, I find a lot of vintage in um, New Hampshire at the bins. Yeah. So we have the opportunity to, I don't know, try different things. Yeah. I think it's good. All right. So that, that's that. That's we gotta, all we gotta, that. We got to call it. Yeah. We got to call it 9.55 p.m. Yes, 9.55 Episode PM. over. Going live at midnight, guys. I mean, I don't really edit. I just splice, so. Yeah, that scares that. me sometimes when, when we hang up and I, I know that it's all going in. That makes me nervous. Fine. We'll be fine. No, I'm very excited. Thank you, everybody, for yes. one year. We would not be here without you. We are so excited to um, keep this party going. Yeah, and it's we're be excited good. for guests that we have coming on. We're excited yeah. for our own adventures together. 
And um, yeah, another year of Thrifters Villa. Here we go. Then two guys get ready. It's going to, I think it's going to be a really good season. I mean, I'm a little biased, but I think it's a really <laughs> so good little. season. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate each and every one of you. We'll be back next week. Yes, we will. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone.